Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. Welcome to the HU Pirateship Podcast. You can find us at www.hupirateship.com where we talk about the pirates. This year, number four and episode number 44. I'm your host, Big Greek, along with Hamptonite from the HU Pirateship. What's going on, Hamptonite? You survived the uh, Hurricane Florence like I did? Man, you know what? I would just say it like this, man. You know, It really didn't even rain up here, to be honest. We <laughs> just had like a little smidgen of rain, but I mean... I thought that Hampton University with its satellites, you know, would better predict the weather, but obviously they didn't do a, a, a great enough job, you know, but I, I mean, no diss, but we're, we're good here. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, we, we're just wet. I mean, it, it rained a lot and things are flooded around here, but at least we are uh, still alive. And too bad the team missed that, had to cancel that game against Tennessee State too, so I'm glad you're well and I'm well. <laughs> Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, I mean, I do. I mean, it always sucks to not play, you know, but at the same time, though, I think it might have worked for our favor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but true. I mean, because Tennessee State's a good team, but yeah. I would say this too, though, even if we did play and if it was a, like a monsoon, I think that might work for our favors because those Tennessee State players would be miserable playing at Armstrong. That's true, man. No doubt. So, yeah, along those lines, on this episode, we will uh, quick give some quick thoughts on the Tennessee State game that was canceled. Uh, we'll also review the loss to Monmouth, Monmouth University. We didn't really get into that. Um, we will preview this week's game against Northern Iowa. And then we're going to uh, expand and talk more about uh, Big South happenings. I mean, there's some good football being played over there. So we're going to start looking at those teams so we can get familiar with them as we head into uh, the Big South, and then we will still we still follow the MIAC. We'll be playing MIAC teams for ever, probably. So we'll uh, still stay in tune with the MIAC and give some MIAC updates. And then we're gonna we have a new feature that we're gonna roll out this week, and uh, we're gonna talk about HU's best for the past 30 years. So we'll take a position group and uh, talk about um, some of the best players that we've seen at that position for the past 30 years. So. Uh, this week, we're going to talk about our best thoughts, our thoughts on the best uh, HU quarterback of the past 30 years. So 30 years, coincidentally, is also when roughly when we both start watching Hampton sports. <laughs> <laughs> no, no disrespect to the guys that came before. But yeah, you know, yeah. I'm sorry. That's when we got to go. Yeah, we ain't, we ain't have any video or anything back then, man. No, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, man, so we didn't play Tennessee State. Like Hampton I said, that was probably uh, not a good thing. You always want to play the games, but uh, that would have been um, a tough team to play. Um, so not much to say there against Tennessee State. They say it's not supposed to be uh, rescheduled. Uh, it's just, uh, just going to be a draw. But uh, I think watching uh, Coach Prunty on the, uh, on the press conference, you know, 
he said it's left up to Eugene, but it wasn't like it's done. We have no chance to play in them. So I wonder what's happening there to try and um, reschedule that. So we, we definitely should try and play them. If not this year, this year is probably out, but definitely in the uh, upcoming years. So uh, not much more to say about Tennessee State. So let's move on to Monmouth University. Uh, two weeks ago, roughly, the Pirates lost at Monmouth University 56-28. to um, not as close as last year's game when we played Monmouth at Hampton and that game went to overtime. Um, so, uh, as we always do, we'll talk about the good, the bad and, uh, ugly and all in between of this game. So we'll jump right into start off with the good. Uh, so the good, uh, it was a quick start by the pirates. Um, they had opened up a quick lead 14, nothing, uh, looked like, uh, they were going to be on their way. But that kind of dried up pretty quickly. But it was good to see them come out and strike and, and start out the game strong. Um, also, Delmon, he had his best statistical game of his career. I'm not sure if it was his best game of his career, but definitely stat-wise, it was a great game. 23 for 37, 339 yards, three touchdowns, and one interception. Um, also, several receivers stepped up. Um, we are pretty deep at wide receiver. We didn't know how they were going to plug those holes, but we have legitimate D1 uh, receivers over there. And not just FCS. You can um, A lot of those guys come from FBS schools, and they bring those skill sets. Um, so they look pretty good. Um, and then special teams weren't a debacle. Um, you know, they no, nothing that I can remember where it was, you know, dropping punts and dropping snaps. Um, you know, they, they, they were... Uh, professional and um, Bell was a threat on kickoffs to the point where they stopped trying to kick to him. So uh, special teams are are getting better. So for the Pirates, and that also signals the depth that we have because remember special teams is all about depth as well. So we're getting some quality backups in there. So that's the my good list, Hampton. Night, you have anything uh, to add on to that? Or anything that I missed as far as what stood out from that game? No, I wouldn't say you missed anything, but you know you did bring up some good points. You know. Uh... Ronald Bell, you know, uh, literally, he is starting to become, he definitely came into his own, you know, last year. And this year, uh, he did catch that very long, um, very long pass from um, Delmon. I think that was like, a, it was a 32-yard pass. It was underthrown. And Ronald Bell is not a, a, a tall receiver. He's more of a slot guy. <laughs> I would say he's a, an extreme slot guy. And he literally, I wouldn't say he out-muscled the guy, but he he basically uh, maneuvered his way to catch the ball, you know, on the underthrown under pass for a touchdown. And the reason why I say that was really good is because he basically, he, I mean, it was like one of those plays where it was an intelligence play. And that's one thing that um, Hampton, um, you can see from this team that they make smart plays. Um and then, you know, we saw Antonio Graham on a 70-yard screen pass. That was a beautiful play. That was a great call by the offensive coordinator, Brian White. And when I first saw that play, I was just, my first thought was like, oh, these guys are serious. And I think that mentality that uh, Coach Prunty, you know, came with this game, game, it seemed like that they wanted to step on their throats and just keep up and just keep, you know, keep uh keep their necks on their throats, you know, um, when they went up 14 to uh, nothing. And I think that, I'm not going to say they ran out of gas, but I just think that uh, Monmouth actually reacted really quick when it came to um, adjusting. 
Man, I think that uh, I think that was good. You know, the special teams were fine. Um, I also do think that uh, that uh, we saw a lot of playmakers. You know, that came out. We saw, of course, Ronald Bell. He's been here forever. And you know, this is the first time we saw Antonio Graham. You know, that seventy-yard uh, touchdown. And then Jada Kiss Bonds and William Robinson. You know, these are guys that have been pretty much. You know, William um, Robinson. You know, it's been basically just kind of. You know, below uh, like deep in the depth chart, you know. And he wait, had I got a question for you. Wait, was the kid's his yeah. real name Jada Kiss? Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, I I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. <laughs> okay. But uh, it says J A D A K I S. Oh that's yeah, that's like. yeah, that's Jada Kiss. Yeah. It's just funny, you know. All of all the rappers from our age, <laughs> kids, folks, yeah. the name after. Sorry, man. Go ahead. Yeah. No, hold on, hold on. <laughs> let me look at him. Okay, he's from. All right, who is this kid from? It just says from Riverside High School. You know, it doesn't really say um, where he's from, but yeah, he got the dreads. Oh, you know, he looked like a Florida boy. If you uh, ask me, <laughs> my, my favorite is, is, is Raekwon, man. <laughs> a lot of Ray, a lot of Raekwons out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, definitely a lot of Raekwons. I'm, I'm waiting to to see an old dirty, an oh. <laughs> uh, old dirty bastard. No, but it's like, okay, hold on. He's from Williamston, North Carolina. So yeah, he's a Southern boy. Okay, but his mom's probably from Brooklyn. <laughs> <laughs> all all but, due respect, Jada, because that's pretty dope, man. So that is a dope name. I, you know what? I I really wish, you know, my mom would have the my mom had the you know audacity to do something like that with me instead of naming me Jeffrey. <laughs> <laughs> That's a dope name, son. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but yeah, that's pretty much all I have with the good. You know, we saw some pretty good playmakers, and I was really impressed with what we saw. And I mean, I think about it. Was Jake was did Jada Kiss catch that uh, uh, pass from in the first game against Shaw? Uh, I think it was that long pass from. No, that was number ten. Um, yeah, that was number ten. Yeah. That was. Uh... Byron, Byron, yeah, Byron Barney. Barney. <laughs> hey, he, he's see, he's he's pretty good. He is good. Yeah. He, he, every time I see him, I was like, man, that looks like Chase Powell. But he <laughs> is good. He, yeah. He's a shifty guy, and he's pretty big, six one, one ninety. So mm-hmm. interesting. So there's a lot of good things that you can take away from the game. So, I mean, I, I'm encouraged. Cool. Yep. Good stuff. So of course, uh, with the, uh, so now what will happen to the bad? Um, when you get uh, blown out 56 to 28, there's a lot of bad things to take away uh, from this game. So, of course, uh, the defense, um, they couldn't take uh, any way, anything away from Mama. So, you know, as a defensive, uh, as a defense, you always want to take something away. So they didn't do a good job of that. Mama had 230 yards rushing and 326 yards passing. Um, another issue that's going to hurt us throughout the year is that the running game is pretty weak. Hopefully that's just due to the fact that the the offensive line is still trying to get their chemistry together and get their run fits, but they're not firing out and making any holes, man. So they're making it hard on the running backs. Um, too many three and outs um, put the, and then Delmon has to try and save the day. I mean, that, that was part of the running game, but also a lot of, you know, three and outs uh, and just passes and no run attempts at all. So uh, they put the defense in, in bad positions uh, because of either, no rushing yards, or if they tried to pass it, switch it up, that didn't work as well at times. So they put the defense in bad positions. 
And then again, I think we need to have tonight go back to the tight end watch. Uh, we need a tight end <laughs> to emerge. <laughs> like Delmon needs a security blanket like over the middle of the field. Um, just watching Monmouth's tight ends. I mean, they're giants. I mean, they could also almost be tackles. I mean, they were so big, but they were very nimble and they were effective in the middle of the field. So we need that. And just watching some big South balls, you know, um, because I'm in North Carolina, you know, you can see a lot of their games and you see a lot of stuff on ESPN Plus. I just switched to their games. I mean, they use their tight ends. They use their fullbacks for the teams that play with them. So we need to mimic that, especially as we head into Big South play. Um, so that's pretty much it, man, from the bad. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was entertaining at times. But, yeah, that defense, um, they got a that uh, that uh, mom is running back went nuts, man. And anything else to, to, to point out from what we can improve upon? Well, I did watch um, that Respect the H episode where I guess um, – one of the assistant coaches was talking about the um, the line and, and the fact that we have, I think, what, 53 new players on this team. Mm-hmm. And I think the defensive line, you know, I'm not going to say they were outmatched, but uh, the Monmouth team that we did see, I think their, defense, their offensive line, I think all those guys were juniors and seniors. Some even red shirts, red shirt seniors. So, you know, that was difficulty, you know, I mean, in itself right there. And then I know I, I did I did see that they did wear us down somewhat when it came to the passing game because even though we did get a couple sacks, you know, some of these young guys, you know, that really played well. That quarterback, you know, he has some time. And so it, you notice that some of our defensive backs, you know, they basically I would say some of them, you know, had some issues with adjusting, but I just think that was more towards the game plan because I liked how Prunty always talks about tempo and toughness, tempo and toughness. And we started off with tempo and we started off with toughness. But I think what happens sometimes is when you have the tempo and, you know, you, 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 when you want to, you know, beat down somebody, <laughs> you know, it's kind of hard to continue to beat down a guy who, you know, who, who's, I would say, pretty, pretty uh, lethal himself, and that's in Monmouth. Mm-hmm. So just bad, I would just say that, you know, we didn't, I mean, it is going to be a little tough for, to get our running game going, you know, and I understand that because, you know, me and you both old linemen anyway. So, right. <laughs> you know, it's hard when you, especially when you get guy with new guys together, you know, how to how to figure these things out. And, you know, even though we do have continuity on the line with some players, you know, that are there, um, you still got some new guys. Uh, we still got Mackie, you know, and we still got, uh, I think, Carlisle 66. And and I know we got 74, 78, you know, those are new guys. So it does. it is going to take time to find um, to open up those lanes. And so I do think, you know, normally it takes about a good three to four games. So I know we're going to see that. And as far as the tight ends is concerned, I think that's more of a – I think that's until they figure out how they're going to attack, you know, these teams, you know. I know we do have some tight ends from last year, and we're still waiting to see number 87. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm like, they recruited this guy. I'm like, when is he going to come out, you know? You know, when, when are we going to see oh, – was it Jared Powell? I'm, I'm ready to see him. Yeah. You know, is he going to play? And, of course, we have uh, – we have, uh, of course, remember, I remember we had Woodcock from last year, and we have a couple other guys there. But I just think until, you know, we've um, – and Prunty said it correctly, is that um, 
you know, the offense is where it needs to be. You know, they're still trying to figure it out. And we both know on offense that, well, on defense specifically, one player can mess up and the defense can still can make a play. Mm-hmm. Whereas offense, not one person can mess up. You know, that left tackle got to block that in. You know, that slot got to make that uh, route adjustment. That quarterback can't miss a throw. So, you know, I just think that, you know, of course it's very difficult you know, to get a new, I would say, a new system in place, you know, within a, you know, a couple of games. Right, right. True indeed. Yep. So, yeah, it's it's a it's a work in progress. So no doubt. But, you know, the good thing like about the offensive line, you mentioned that there is some continuity, but they're big, you know, they're, oh. they're, they're, but, like, oh, not, no. but not like nasty big. You no, know? Exactly. <laughs> and you know what? Let me, let me give up. We need to give a shout out to uh, was it Luke Butler? Yeah. You know, and I mean whatever he did to those linemen, man, because they don't look like you know the linemen of old that we had. No. You know, and <laughs> you know because we had we, I mean before Luke got there, and um, and even before Zach Knott was there, you know, we had some guys like yeah, man. <laughs> like like look like they ain't even touched the weight, you know, yeah, guts man. hanging. Guts hanging on the ankles, man. So, but you know they look very good. You know they're tall, they're lean, and they can move. That's the thing. I, if you saw that screen pass to Antonio Graham, there was like two linemen that were out in space and they were moving. Mm-hmm. So you know, so that's very impressive. So you know, I think what they're doing is they're doing. They're they're, they're they know what they're doing. It's just probably going to take some time for them to you know, to actually, to gain some traction. But, you know, it takes time. Yep, true that. So, yeah, let's move on to uh, Northern Iowa. So this week, Pirates have a tough task. Uh, they're heading to Northern Iowa. Where is this? Cedar Falls, Iowa. Uh, you and I, they are, you and I, as they go by, they're a dome team, um, <laughs> interestingly enough. So a lot of guys here is going to be the first time playing in a dome. They're a good team. Um, if you think about a FCS solid team, that's you and I. So they're going to have like really stout offensive line, really stout defensive line. They're going to have a, a big quarterback who can make all the throws, be a little bit mobile. Um, and that's what they're not going to beat themselves. So you're going to have to beat them. You're not, you can't fumble a punt and you're going to have to play sound football if you want to beat them. Um, last year, um, they went one and one in the playoffs and just, you know, coincidentally, they actually destroyed Monmouth when because Monmouth had to go there uh, for their playoff game. Um, so far this year, they're 0-2. Um, those two losses uh, were tough. They lost uh, to Montana in Missoula, Montana. That's tough. They, they got a oh. tough team. <laughs> yeah, ain't nobody winning there. <laughs> oh, man. And they also lost to Iowa, so they, they aren't supposed to be that uh you know, beat Iowa, but that game was competitive. Um, so, you know, they're pretty stout. Um, so, yeah, they're big and they're solid and they play well in the trenches. So, um, I think Hampton wins this game if uh, they run the ball and um, they cannot be one-dimensional. Can you imagine uh, Delmon having third and eight backed up in the end zone in a dome? Uh, yeah, That will be... That'd be very difficult, but the, I guess the plus side is that it's all hand signals. You know, <laughs> this is not this is not the NFL where you got to go to do a uh, uh, go into a huddle and speak. But uh, 
you know, hopefully the hot routes or the quick quick reads will be all just signal based. So, yeah. So, I mean, I I would say this though. I think that for us, I mean, I'll say this too. I went on their Northern Iowa blog, and <laughs> they were not show, giving us any mercy. They were basically saying that if they don't win by forty points, then they would feel like this game was a failure. <laughs> you know, and I mean. I understand, you know, we're a little, I mean, tiny little Hampton, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I'll say this, though. Um, uh, don't, I mean, don't underestimate the small guys, you know. I mean, we still have, we have players here, but I would say the biggest difference is that, you know, they have, um, they have a program, and we've had a program for a long time. I just think that we are rebuilding our program in a sense that, you know, to mimic, you know, a, a, I would say a, a top FCS program, but, you know, we'll take some time. But for us to be successful here, I would say after watching their previous two games, you know, you can find them online. We're going to have to really slow down that team. Uh And I mean, the offensive line has to, you know, pull together, you know, at least to keep their offense off the field as much as we can. You know, I think that, uh, you know, you have to add a combination of plays that they have not seen, you know. They're going to be ready for that screen. They're probably going to be double-teaming double number 16, Bell, you know, Antonio Graham, you know, wherever he's going, <laughs> they're going. So I think it's probably they'll just have to use a um, – use some plays that, you know, pull out some plays from the playbook that, you know, they haven't seen. So it'll just be a combination of, I would say, you know, running the ball and I would say a couple of, uh, you know, I wouldn't say trick plays, but, you know, plays that could get us over a third and eight or a third and six, you know, you know, a third and 11 type plays. So um, whatever it is that can keep those chains, <clears throat> chains moving and keeping the score close, you know, to the second half, I think that, you know, it would be beneficial for us. That's true. And and what will help is that uh, Shy McKenzie, he'll be back. Yes. Yeah. Ooh. So Ooh. 5'11", 224. That dude, you know what? When we saw him, um, I think it was uh, some television coverage of him um, this year out of practice. And he wasn't that big that last year. He looked like a machine running. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it just it it hurts that he was hurt for, you know, for the Monmouth game. And, you know, I would love to see what he would have done with Shaw, you know. But, you know, I'm happy to have him back. We know what he's capable of. He's a bruiser. And I don't care who <laughs> I don't care who it, who his um, tackler is. He's going to take him for a ride. Yep. For sure. Hey, you know, and one thing I just thought about, too, is that uh, injuries. So as he's coming back from his injury, you know, our secondary we're missing. Yeah. 75. Well, so far, I don't know who's playing this week, but we're missing. Oral Varsian. Oral Varsian. <laughs> yes. Robert Scott. And the transfer yep. from NC State, who was uh, penciled in the start, and he, he tore his ACL. So yeah. we basically have a whole new secondary back there. Yeah, so I mean, if Northern Ireland wants to start exploiting something, they will definitely exploit that secondary, just like uh, I would say Monmouth did. And I mean, to be honest, though, you know, that's just you know, when you when you suffer injuries or whatever happens to those guys, then 
you know, um, you know, that's probably going to be, you know, the weakness up front. So that just puts more pressure on Capri Doucet, you know, and uh, Keenan and uh, Keenan Marr and Desmond Sturdivant and Sproul to, you know, to get pressure. And we need that pressure. And some of these young guys are playing, you know, Cameron Walker's in the game, you know. So that just, you know, shifts the focus more to the defensive line. Yep. True that, man. They, yeah, they got to get pressure. Um, so it hasn't needed. Um, so, yeah, it'll be an interesting game. It'll be on ESPN uh, 3, so I'll be checking that out uh, at home on the TV. Um, so, hey, man, so we're going to start looking into more of what's happening with the Big South. So I'm actually encouraged. I can watch a lot of their games here, and they play. It's a small conference. They're only this year six teams, six teams playing. Uh, Big South football, but they play playing good football. So, um, you know, they have two really good teams in a Big South this year. It appears uh, Kennessee State, no, Kennesaw State. Um, they won two games in the playoffs last year, actually, and they're on track again this year to be uh, dominant. Um, uh, they're two and one. They lost to Georgia State, a close game. Blew out Tennessee Tech, forty nine to ten, and then they blew out Alabama State. 62 to 13 and then unfortunately this year this week they're playing uh clark atlanta man so (laughs) (laughs) i mean me me being from uh from uh atlanta that is a mismatch (laughs) that that ain't fair actually man it's not it's not fair i think they're probably gonna have to call that game at halftime to be honest Man, that's, Jesus, man, that's just that's just not gonna work at all, man. But <laughs> <laughs> no. well, yeah, Kennesaw Kennesaw State, man, they are good, and then um, also Monmouth, they're good as well. Um, we we've seen them personally; they're good, and they're on track as well to have another good season. So the rest of the teams are okay. Um, G- Campbell, Gardner Webb, Charleston Southern, Presbyterian, they're all right. I mean, we can compete with all those teams right now if we uh, were playing a Big South schedule. So I think we'd be right in the middle. And then also, so something to keep your eye out on, man, is North Alabama. So they're also coming in, too. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. They're coming yeah. in next year. They dominated at uh, Division Two, So they're going to yeah. be good at Division One. So they, they yeah. have a plan. So it's going to yeah. be a good division, man, for us, too. Oh. To oh, absolutely. We just uh, they they went over to uh, what's it um, Alabama A and M and Huntsville and they I mean they played them well and you know that, that was a good game. So mm-hmm. you know and, and you know you're you're right. You know Kennesaw State. You know they they should not have lost to Georgia State and uh, and Georgia State has always been a suspect. FBS program since they started. Yeah. And I do think, and if you know anything about Kennesaw, that whole area is, uh, it is the northernmost region of Georgia that I would say is like becoming very, uh, I would say the population is, has increased to the point that, that the university now has become, I would say, a power at the FCS level. And so Kennesaw, uh, they are looking at Kennesaw State to become like the next Georgia Southern or possibly another Georgia State football program. And so they could be, you know, one of the powers 
uh, in the conference, you know, since Liberty, you know, has jettisoned the conference. And of course, you know, Monmouth will, is always a good program. And I do think that we will probably add a little bit more. I would say we'll definitely be competitive in football because I know programs like Gardner Webb, you know, they just got crushed by A&T, mm-hmm. you know, and there's Charleston Southern in there. Um, you know, we'll be competitive with them and Presbyterian will probably be their cop in state. <laughs> <laughs> and, and actually, they're leaving, too. So they're, they're going. Yeah. Out. I mean, it's just like what Steve Spurrier said when he went to the Reds, uh, when he went to the Redskins, he said, there's no Vanderbilt sitting in there. <laughs> so I would I would wish that uh, Presbyterian stayed, you know, because we all need a Savannah State in the conference. <laughs> so, I mean, but. I'm I'm interested to see how, you know, the Hampton dynamic works out in football. I do think that once Prunty starts getting his players in here, you know, some, some seven five seven guys and whoever else he gets in, you know, we you know, we, we, we could probably do some things here. Yeah. I know bas I know basketball wise, you know, we're we're gonna come out swinging, so Oh yeah, yeah. Well we we're gonna be fine basketball. You saw the um the girls soccer, yeah. yeah, man, they 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 tied, they tied the champs this today. So I was like, oh, first of all, I mean, okay, um, Eugene, if you're listening, I mean, me, me and Big Reek right here, we'll give you a couple of dollars, but we need a soccer complex for those girls. <laughs> I mean, the softball team got one, you know, so hopefully they could, uh, you know, get a little something over there, you know, because uh. Because I'm excited about them as well, right? Yep. And 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 you mentioned like the the one thing that I am certain of that will happen. Like Prunty is going to get the players. Oh yeah. I mean, their players are coming. Yeah. Man. Yeah. It's just because yeah. uh, it, it it sells itself. Yeah. And he's yeah. a good salesman, and uh, we're going to have the players. So we, I think we will be competitive, man. Oh yeah, we'll be competitive. I'm just. I'm, my only concern is um, is the the bigger programs, you know, in the conference, you know, it's just getting over that hump, you know, because, you know, it's like I think when we won the MEAC, you know, we won it because we killed, we beat everybody. That's when we were in the dominant years of um, of the Joe Taylor years. I just, you know, get uh, nervous about seeing schools like Kennesaw State. You know, I'm glad Liberty is gone because they had such a distinct advantage because they had, you know, money, resources. Even though Hampton, with its athletic budget, I would say is on par with all the schools. You know, but a school like Kennesaw State, I would say is a, I would say they're pretty much, that they, they could become the juggernaut of the conference. And I just get nervous that, you know, I don't want to be a Tennessee State where, we our best is either second place or sometimes third or maybe you know it's hard to it's hard to win that conference based upon some of the other schools that can out fund you know us here's a theory now here's a theory now i agree with you there now but think about some of the toughest losses during the joe taylor era when our teams are really good like Mm. we lost a lot of those games due to execution Yes, I mean, we, and and it was because we didn't see certain things in the media. Yeah, yes, sneaking a That's so true, sneaking a fullback out of the backfield. Oh, <laughs> Jamari Jones. Yes, I, I'm sorry. I'm look. I don't mean to call out Jamari Jones, but <laughs> I mean, how many teams I, in the MEAC threw to the fullback or 
you know, had, had a, a tight end that would catch eight catch nobody. passes in the game. So no, nobody, no. hopefully you we'll know get used to better execution. That is so true. That is exactly true. Exactly. Like the, the fake punt yeah. on a fourth and 18, you know, and that was when we played New Hampshire. And I'm sorry for the listeners. That was Chip Kelly, who was the head coach. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So obviously that was that was very, that was a heartbreaking loss, you know, to New Hampshire in the playoffs, being number two in the nation. And that was just, wow. Yeah, but yeah, no, and you, you're right. You know, we will be exposed to a different style of football. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, so yeah, so Big South is uh, playing some good football. I'm looking forward to joining there next year. And uh, speaking of conferences, or uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about the MIAC, man. So uh, with Hamptonite, we still follow the MIAC closely. Uh, we always will. Um, Miak is uh, struggling this year. Um, A and T <laughs> is A and T, and everyone else. A and T is one of the best teams I've seen with my own eyes at the FCS level in quite some time. Um, so they are good, but everyone else is uh, playing catch up. And uh, me personally, have tonight. I'm. I'm. It's almost like with a breakup. You know, like I'm over. The, I'm over it. Like mm. uh, I'm, I'm. You know, I'm still watching. Of course. I mean, hopefully, I'll be able to go to. A&T's game this weekend when they play Morgan State. I'll always go to the game, especially when they're close. But just watching the message boards, talking to MEAC fans, it's kind of already uh, descended into, like, woe is me land. Uh, mm. Like, when we were there, like, after a couple weeks, you're like, man, you know, we're getting beat up here, beat down. And, um, you know, I, that's kind of gotten old, man. So I'm, I don't want to be I – I don't want no parts of that. So – I'm surprised at how quickly it happened for me. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what we're going to do next year in the Big South and, and seeing how some of our, our former brethren in the MEAC are struggling. Um, I, just personally, I think they need a shot in the arm, man. They need some, some – we all need cash, but I think they need yeah. something new, man. I mean, it's uh, – it's uh, like we said before, I mean, if Celebration Bowl – or bust and and um it's kind of bust right now uh for who, who isn't going to the celebration bowl it's just sad to see man but watching it i'm just kind of glad that um we, we got we're going in a different trying something new um trying something new absolutely yeah. you know and the definition of insanity insanity is doing the same thing uh as the was it doing the same thing uh <laughs> and expecting different results yep. you know i mm-hmm. mean Honestly, I'm sorry, you know, uh, I guess that little $60,000 check for the rest of the programs, you know, after the celebration, ball, that's just not enough for us. You know, I'm sorry. But this is the whole thing with the um, with the MEAC. As of right now, North Carolina A&T is not letting anyone else eat in the MEAC. I'm right. sorry. Right. I'm sorry. He got he has the food. He controls the food. He is basically the ED, I mean, of the MEAC right now. <laughs> I'm talking about nobody's eating. Yeah. Nobody. I'm. I mean, I don't even think that. I don't even think that they're not gonna lose a game in the MEAC. And to be, let's keep it real. We don't have to talk about no other program in the MEAC right now, except for ANT. Yeah. They they are far be far above every other program in the MEAC. And just like just I watched the. Florida A&M versus Jackson State game. 
And ah, oh, and I'm gonna just say this about FAMU. Oh God, that was something Earl Holmes would do. Yeah. And that was a <laughs> Earl, that was a Earl Holmes moment. And I'm sorry, you guys didn't get it right. So it seems to me like Willie Simmons and Willie Taggart, <laughs> the Willies in, in Tallahassee. I'm sorry. <laughs> the Willies. The Willies, you know. I mean, so I'm sorry. I love the MEAC, you know. I mean, but I will say this stuff. Howard University, I'm glad we're not playing them this year. And I hope you know, we don't play them next year, to be honest. Wait, I hope wait, wait. We, we beat them last year, though. Yeah, we, we beat them last yeah, but Caleb and, and, Newman, man. But are they better though? I, I mean, just you know, let's try and make no smack here about how, like, from the team that I watched, they are they may be worse than last year. They may be worse. Well, all yeah, they, around. They, yeah, they they snuck up on a lot of people last year. So yeah. I mean, people are not taking them lightly anymore. But they still. I mean, I like that Newton. I mean, I like Newton as a QB. You know, uh, <laughs> their coach, man. You know, he. He, he's he's not a pushover. So, you know, Howard actually, you know, they're, they're a program on the up and up. And my hope for Howard is that <laughs> the, the head coach, you know, comes to his senses and saying, says, why in the hell am I at Howard? You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know it's like, why am I here? You know, okay, like, hey, hey, hey. Hey, somebody in the Big Ten, Jim, Jim Harbaugh, you know, Urban, you know, you, you need OC, you, you need a wide receivers coach, call me. And, you know, he's out. And so Howard goes back into what they normally do. They go get them a retread, a guy, mm-hmm. <laughs> and the program goes back to the barn that it's been, you know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not, sorry. I'm not sold on, on see, the, what, when I've watched them, like, Newton is dynamic. I mean, he's – yeah. But that yeah. defense and special teams, man. I mean, oh yeah, uh, yeah, it, 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 they're pretty, they're pretty bad. I mean, I do think that if we play them this year at the end of the season, I think we'll probably be uh, victorious. But I just can't take losing to them. I'm sorry. Yeah. And then, and then to be honest, us playing Norfolk State right now, I think that we need a break. <laughs> and I think yeah. that would be great for uh, both fan bases. You know, especially from all the vitriol that we have received from the Norfolk State contingent. You know, I do think that uh, maybe a two to three, maybe four year window for the Battle of the Bay. I think that might serve us some good, you know. You know, Hampton really is like, we good over here. But it seems that they have an issue with it. So I just think that until they are ready to come back to the negotiating table, we'll be happy to play them. And I think Marty Miller, well, he needs to get his money games first. So he probably has to bend over and, you know, take the, you know, take the butt weapons, you know, and get that check, you know, and then quietly creep over back to Norfolk. But at the same time, no, um, Hampton, we don't need the money like that. And I'm sorry. I just have to be honest with us. We don't need the money. So until you guys are, are finished with the money games, call us. <laughs> on those lines um <laughs> long, <laughs> yeah man so the v we'll be watching man but yeah it's yeah. uh it's um it's still theater it's still theater yeah yeah it is i'll be i'll be going to a lot of games this year but uh yeah i'm, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of glad to not be 
you know, in that morass. <laughs> We're um, I'll be um, I'm gonna catch a couple of Howard games, and uh, I'm going to uh, Morgan State games as well. So yeah, okay. yeah, man. So yeah, man. Let's move on to our a new uh, exciting feature here, man. Um, we, we folks always have these these debates, and you know, Hampton Knight and I have been watching uh, Hampton sports for roughly thirty years or so. Um, I remember my first game uh, watching Hampton in the early 90s when they were coming up to uh, Giant Stadium um, to play in the, um, I forget the classic up there. So that's when I started watching Hampton and I said, I want to go there. So Mm. yeah, they sold it. Mm. I've been watching for a while. And uh, so, yeah, we're going to talk about some of the best players we've seen in the past 30 years and at different positions. So. We're going to start off with the quarterback, and uh, Hampton Knight is definitely the historian when it comes to that. So he's going to um, uh, give us some thoughts on uh, the best HU quarterbacks <clears throat> of the best 30 years. I mean, well, we both going to get in on this. so mm-hmm. But, you know, it's going to be a little difficult for me because I had, I had a family member who was a QB at HU, and um, he knows who he is, and people know who he is. And he did one to me act twice, you know, that was in 97, 98. But, you know, when we talk about the best QBs, you know, we do think, I do think that over a period of time, you know, we had some really good players that came in. And first thing that comes to my mind is Duroc Chrome. And he, if you have not seen him play, he was like a field general back in the day. And there's posters like in the old, I think, Holland Hall of him still there and it says in Duroc we trust (laughs) they call him Air Duroc you know and you know um I we he was I would say probably one of the best field generals Atrius has and you know then you know then there's like so many others that we could go go for you know there was uh Matt Montgomery Matt Williams Roy Johnson uh our favorite Tavius Cash and then I think after Cash we had um you know Frazier then there's Shepard, then there's Kerry Kittles. Well, not Kittles, Kerry Dixon. Uh-huh. Then um, T.J. Mitchell. Then there's Herbert Bynes and uh, uh, David Legree. But, you know, when we talk about all these guys, so, you know, it's kind of hard to say who was the best because Princeton Shepard, you know, he won three MEAC championships. But he had, I mean, you think about it, he had Alonzo Coleman and Ardell Daniels in the back uh, backfield. He had McCaskill on the line. He had all. Oh, yeah, he had one of the best lines that we've had. And then you talk about Marquay McDaniel, Unread Jones, and uh, Derek Faulkner and Ernie Lomax as a receiving core. That's crazy. So, I mean, that's crazy. So I mean, and he. But to his credit, though, he won three MEAC titles off of that. So you know that puts him in the discussion. Then, of course, you got Roy Johnson. You know, he uh, won two MEAC championships in the Heritage Bowl. And Mel Kuyper rated him the 10th best quarterback, you know, going into the draft that year. So, you know, he's up there in the discussion. And, of course, you got, I would say, Matt Montgomery. You know, kind of before a lot of our time, you know, that was in the 91, 94 uh, four games. You know, he <laughs> here's a pretty good QB. You know, I would say he doesn't get as much love. You know, as the you know, as the current guys, and along with Duroc Croom, but I will say this too, though, at Tavius Cash, and let me keep it real about Cash. 
when you know our freshman year you know i stayed in hartness hall uh cash stayed, you know he stayed on the hall with me too and i remember one time we were outside freshman year and if you know um harkness hall you know it's probably the longest dorm like in length on the campus mm -hmm. you know from the north end zone the north uh from the north uh end of the zone of the dome um, of the dorm to the south end i would say what do you think i think that's like what about almost 200 yards what do you think uh i'd say um hey 150 about 150 yeah. okay okay so we were on the south end, um, the south end of Harkness Hall, and Cash had a football in his hand. On the other, I would say probably a little bit past the the, the lobby of the of the dorm is in the middle of it, which separates. And I would say that would probably be about a hundred yards right there. I would say about seventy-five to a hundred yards right there. And on the the other end of the lobby was. Uh, was James William, um, was it uh, Big uh, Big James, uh, rest in peace, Norman Clement and Derek Davis. I remember this to this day. Cash had a football on the south end of Harkness Hall and tossed it all the way past the lobby, I would say about another 25 to 30 yards past the, uh, the lobby of Harkness Hall, and that had to easily been 100 yards. Hmm. And I've never seen that before. Uh, and, you know, but he had a live arm. He had probably one of the best arms I think we've seen at Hampton. You know, and so if you think about it, Cash actually played in the um, – he played a couple of years in the league. So. Then he played for the Jets. Played for the Jets. And I yep. think he played for the Giants and the Redskins, too, in a little arena every night. But, I mean, he was – I remember when he came in, everybody talking about his arm. Like, it was like he had an arm. Um, he, and so that puts him in the discussion. And then, you know, then, of course, uh, I would say this too, guys that I, you always wondered, what if? And that, to me, is my, my biggest what if at HU football was T.J. Mitchell. Oh, and, man. Yeah. man. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was a transfer from uh, West Virginia. And, you know, we don't know what happened to him. But, you know, he played um, – he played, you know, um, backup duty for uh, Princeton Shepherd, and then he got his full year. And, you know, we just thought that was just going to be his year, but it just did not turn out the way that it happened. But, you know, he was, uh, I would say, a, a QB that, you know, we all thought that he was going to, to go places. So, but I'm not going to do a list. You know, we'll do the, I mean, the reason why I'm not going to do the list is because I have a family member who is a part of that list, <laughs> but I will, <laughs> but I will say this too, though, if I had to, like, if like based upon, I said, based upon the uh, best players that a QB had, like, as far as like uh, players around him, I would say Princeton Shepard probably did the most with what he had. Um, and then, you know, Cash, I thought, was probably the best athlete we had at QB. But then, you know, we had, um, I think, Matt Williams. Remember, he played uh, – he was a quarterback, and he was a hell of an athlete. And then, of yeah, course – Yeah, we were, we were uh, computer science together. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. And, yeah. you know, he eventually moved over to receiver. And, of course, I think Roy Johnson probably was the – I think he had a pretty decent skill set, you know, what, you know, he, he had, uh, I would say he probably was one of the best mobile QBs that we had. 
and I think he's probably one of the uh, I would say that he he was probably he was definitely a field general. You know, he knows he was an ex, ex, X's and O's type of guy, and and I, I you know all around good guy. But um, oh, Princeton Shepherd man, you know he was the man, Cavs best athlete, and uh, but I still you know look at Duroc Room in that era with Matt Montgomery, and I was just like, man, those guys are good. Yeah, those guys. Matt Montgomery had 1,036 passing attempts, and that was in I think three years, three or four years that he was there. So, you know, he was a, he was a pretty pretty decent QB. So, I mean, it's just I'm not going to say who's the best. I'm just say through all those guys that I put out, figure it out. So and then, okay, go ahead. yeah. So I I I'll just jump in after you after you. Any, any other thoughts or? I would say this too. David agreed. We forgot he uh, he got a couple looks at the big next level too with Kansas City and um, Indianapolis. You know, so you know I, I was excited about those guys. I mean, I mean, I thought he, you know, if he'd have had a little bit more time to see how he would have developed, you know, that would have been interesting. And you remember he had that game against Bethune where he literally beat won them the game, you yep. know, mm-hmm. and they just robbed us. So. I think that had he had more time at Hampton, you know, he could. We would be talking about him as well. Yeah, no doubt. So, my my list. Um, so, I, I I will take you know, the best quarterback. I, I I don't. Yeah, like you said, that's kind of hard to pick. But I'll go with my favorite quarterback of this era, and for me, that's Princeton Shepard. Yes. And, and the game for me that really that I that was the most memorable game was uh, the William and Mary playoff game. <clears throat> And that was uh, when we had Mathis, and that William and Mary was trying to tip, triple team him, mm. and he would just outrun the triple team, and yeah. and and, <laughs> and Shepard would just throw it as far as he can. The thing I remember about that game, though, like there was so much. I mean, William and Mary they left everybody open underneath. They didn't yeah. care. Like guys would be twenty yards on the field. I just wish they checked down. We probably would have won that game. But the fact <laughs> that he could not. First of all, William and Mary couldn't run. It was almost like playing a, playing a prevent defense against him. Yeah. He still outrun that, and uh, he couldn't get overthrown. But, you know, the talent was there um, from Shepard. So he was my favorite. Uh, my two uh, what-ifs, uh, Legree. Uh, yeah. David Legree. I mean, just for the measurables and, you know, when he was focused and, and on it, I mean, he was nice. He was good. And David Watford, man, that was out. Oh man, Stop. you know what? I Stop. forgot about man. Something yeah. happened. Something happened there that we'll mm. never be privy to. Uh, uh, but yeah, so he's playing in uh, Canada right now. He's with playing Saskatchewan. And you know what? And you know what? I have to redo the list because <laughs> we forgot about it. he. Did, he played at one season, six and five, and he was on it, and that got him. Uh, a look at the next level because he had one year with the Eagles. Yep. And then he went over to Canada. So, no, I mean, oh, David Watford. But, and, and you said it correctly. Um, and what you what was your category again? You said your. Oh, what your, if. Oh, your what if. oh yeah, my favorite yeah. and my what ifs. <laughs> okay. Your favorite. Okay. So, if I go to favorite, you know, I got to keep it in the family. Roy Johnson, you know, two, two time EX champ, man. Uh, you know, and Heritage Bowl winner, you know, and, you know, 
just all around good QB. My what if? That's really tough because you're talking about cash. Mm-hmm. You're talking about uh, uh, Legree and Watford. And you know what? Like, and Shepard to me, I would say Shepard and Roy, you know, Shepard and Roy Johnson. You know, I'll put them at that, you know, that interchangeable area because I think Shepard did the most with uh, with what he had. You know, he he was ba- he basically he had an arsenal and he and he kept winning with that arsenal. And but that what if though if you would have gave David Watford that what that that arsenal with his skill set. Oh know, man, that's a title. It, it oh, be, yeah, <laughs> even with David Legree, you know. Yeah. But those two are good what ifs. I would yeah. say he was a what if. But I would say this too, TJ. I would put David Watford, TJ Mitchell, and David Legree as my three what ifs, in no particular order. Um, I thought that TJ Mitchell had he definitely had the arm, he could run, smart kid. I just think that we 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 both kind of know that his head wasn't in the right place when he was a QB. I think Watford, you know, did the most for what he had, and I would have loved to see him, you know, play an extra year, but you know, he ran out of eligibility. And as far as Legree, he I think he had what two years, and I think he him and Herbert Vines were battling, you know, battling it out. And I would have loved to see him come back for it. I mean, if he had a third year, that would have been amazing. Mm-hmm. But you know, so and you know, all three of those guys, you know had uh looks at the next level so and one is still at the next level so you know those are really good what ifs but my i would just just like i would say just like we uh in that c- category my explosive like he had all the ski at the tools now i would say that was a tavius cash you know because he he was an athlete he had the best arm i just think for i think for cash i think he did not have the he did have a good cast around a supporting cast, but it was right after the success of the 97 and 98 teams. And, you know, he had to start over like with a lot of, I wouldn't say new players, but players who were, you know, kind of low on the depth chart who are now starting, you know, mm-hmm. you know, he had to deal with that. And so it just kind of took him a minute to, to, you know, to figure that out. But hey, he, he he made his mark because he he played it he played in the league so you know um I you know my hats off to him and you know Cash is still he's a QB coach now so you know <laughs> and pass, to be honest pass, man, passing game coordinator <laughs> passing game coordinator and I'm gonna say this too though I mean I'm a Delmon um and whoever else is on those quarterbacks on it on that roster Cash could probably still out throw y'all <laughs> oh well, man it looked like he could suit up man. Oh, I'm telling we just like we said, Coach Crunchy said he could um he the way that he works out, he can still suit up. And I you know, me personally, man, you know, I know Cash, you better have some eligibility left. <laughs> <laughs> nah, he's, he's still an old man, man. You you still yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, well, you know, he a married man now, so <laughs> so I'm 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 sure he ain't got no legs no more. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, every now and then I'm like, I wonder what happened if I put, man, I probably tear nah. my, I, I tear my knee up the first snap. Nah, <laughs> nah, I'm sure Dr. Harvey would not like that. Oh, man, <laughs> yep, yeah. that was cool, man. That's good stuff, man. So we got to figure out who, you know, one of the most contentious 
uh, list will have to be uh, running back uh, when we get to running, running backs back. and wide receivers. Man, now, we I mean, some you, good you think about that folks next week? Up, oh man. my God, we talking Montreal Coley, Alonzo Coleman, Mike Tom, uh, Mike Jones, you yeah. know the Mayor brothers, yeah, Matt, Karima and Tyrone, yeah, man. And then and then I guess after that we talking receivers and we talking Jerome, Zuriel, Marquay, Andrea. You know, all them dudes. And then we talk about my guys like Mike Jenkins and Warren Broughton, uh, Mike Compton. You don't go. Yeah, yeah, it's going to get ugly then. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, because we might not want to talk about that uh, UNI game much anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roll so, out the running know, backs. <laughs> we'll, make sure, we'll make sure we tag all these guys and this stuff. <laughs> bet, bet. Well, hey, man, good stuff, Hamptonite, and um, good show, man. And um, we'll be watching the Pirates against uh, you and I, so go Pirates. Yep, go Pirates. Let's yep. do this thing. Yep. Oh, that's good, man. That was a cool little segment. Yeah, man. that was good. Good idea.